This is Jonathan Stark, and you are listening to Without Your Head. Welcome to the Station of Decapitation Without Your Head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Dakota Layden and Tanner Wiseman of Destination Fear coming to the Travel Channel. It's very cool to have you guys here. Oh, hello. Thanks for having us, man. We're excited. Yeah, I'm excited, too. So, premieres October 26 at 10 p.m. on the Travel Channel. And uh, for people who don't know yet, can you give them an idea of what Destination Fear is? Yeah, so I mean, Destination Fear, in short, is it's a road trip. It's one consecutive road trip, so each episode pretty much picks up with the last left off. But it's a road trip to hell, basically. It's a terrifying, probably one of the most terrifying road trips ever attempted. And what it is, is 10 of the most haunted abandoned locations in America in one consecutive road trip. And the catch is, is that I'm the only one who knows where we're going. I pick the 10 locations, and I'm bringing... My sister, Chelsea, my best friend, Tanner, and my other best friend, Alex, on this crazy road trip, they have no idea where we're going until we get there. And then they find out, like, oh, we're in an abandoned insane asylum. We're in an abandoned prison. And then, uh, yeah, we spend each night at these haunted locations. And, yeah, it's a great time. <laughs> Lots of beer. And we, we separate, sleep alone every single night. That's one of our, like, key things is that about six hours, seven hours into the overnight, we all agree as a group what are the four scariest spots of this massive abandoned facility we draw out of a hat and that's where you go sleep for the rest of the night. And it's just a big experiment on fear and the paranormal. Mm-hmm. I know that Dakota, you have a history, you know, in this world, but uh, Tanner, um, have you ever done anything like this before? So as kids, Dakota, I, Dakota, Chelsea, Dakota's sister and Alex and myself, 
we would actually go to abandoned locations or we'd find a local ghost story or something like that and we go test it out for ourselves so it's not out of the norm for us to go to these locations the one thing that took us out of our element now is that we had to go in there spend the whole entire night there but at the very end of the night we're separated from each other so when you used to have that security blanket with your friends and you can kind of just keep each other nice and calm cool and collected but now you're isolated by yourself and you feel very vulnerable so that was kind of the hard challenge part of the show but i mean it's not too far off of what we used to do as kids Mm -hmm. so what interested both of you in the in ghosts and paranormal to begin with yeah i mean we have a lot of history with it actually more than most people even think and uh i grew up in a house that was very haunted and it affected my entire family we had to get the house blessed and i was young oh, and wow. so i was kind of thrown into this world at a young age and it wasn't just like a blessing like it was like several blessings for several hours and my whole family was convinced and i was too and something dark was messing with us but at a very early age i was kind of put into this world and then myself chelsea tanner and alex in middle school high school instead of like partying on the weekends or doing the normal things that that was one of our hobbies was we would try to find like the haunted abandoned places locally in Minnesota and go explore them and see what we could experience. And it, and it literally got to a point where we found, we hit every single spot we could hit in Minnesota and started going to Iowa and Wisconsin. And then after that, we were like, gosh, like there's so like, I, I ended up having this list of haunted places and uh, like, hun- like hundreds of places I wanted to see. And, it kind of just morphed into what it is now, this, this, this road trip where we're being, we're able to see the rest of the country in some of the most insanely haunted places with the darkest history. Yeah. Now, Tanner, was that ever weird going over to Dakota's house when like, uh, you knew like that it was haunted and they, they had like, you know, so much that they even had, you know, people coming to bless it. Right. So that's, that's the crazy part about it all is, you know, you hear all these stories and, you know, you, you try to take it for what it's worth. I mean, it's your best friend telling you that this is what's happening. But the crazier part is some of the stories actually happened to Dakota's parents too. So his parents are giving me these stories like, and you know, it made you really think about what there are the possibilities out there. And, you know, it got to a point where me and Dakota would actually set up cameras in our, in his basement and just start filming what all the noises that we heard down in the basement and we'd wake up the next morning and just start reviewing the footage and start looking for everything. But, you know, knowing that his house was haunted, it was kind of one of those fun, fun little things that uh, kind of got you excited a little bit, had the adrenaline going a little bit. Yeah. So what would you say, <clears throat> excuse me, your definition would be of what we would call ghosts? Like, do you, what is that to you? Gosh, man, that is such a hard question. Yeah. I mean, I would just say it, it's, in my opinion, everyone has different opinions and there are in the paranormal community, there's a lot of different beliefs on types of spirits. There's residual hauntings where people believe a residual haunting is just, it's, it's energy that was left there and it's just repeating history. So you like a door shutting and opening is a, maybe a residual haunt. It's just repeating its past or hearing like talking in the hallways, like, like in a, in a hospital, it, it's residual. Um, but my personal opinion is like, I think there's a lot of evil out there. There's a lot of dark um, spirits that like to get into your head and that's, and then they, they feed off of the fear. And, and I would just say it's someone who hasn't maybe moved on, hasn't found the light. 
Right. I believe that there's, there's different types of energies out there. And I think that, you know, there are positive energies and there's dark energies and those can affect how people go about their daily lives. But going, I I mean, I've had a little bit of a religious background too. So you hear, you know, there's angels, there's demons. And, you know, when they got the house blessed, that kind of solidified that there's something out there. Um, I mean, the church actually had to come in and bless his house. So, I mean, I've got to believe that there's something to, you know, when someone passes away, there has to be something that don't, like stays here. You know, if it's not their soul, if it's some type of energy, I don't know. But it's a really hard question to pin it down. And I don't know if we've, you know, really, you know. I think anyone will ever know. I don't know if anyone's going to really truly know what a ghost is. Mm-hmm. Along those lines, because the first episode of Destination Fear, you guys go to a Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. Uh, so yeah. a place like that would, even if even if you don't believe in ghosts or anything, or if you do believe in ghosts, like you were saying, the spirits that are there, there'd be so much misery in a place like that yeah. that I think there Definitely. has to be some kind of a vibe to it, even just going there without, yeah. without I mean, the idea of spirits. A hundred percent. And that's kind of like this whole road trip. That, those are the types of places we went. It wasn't just a creepy old building. It was places with some of the darkest history in America that you might not even have been told before. And uh, so, yeah, like we're going to places that not only have hundreds to thousands of reported paranormal accounts, but have hundreds to thousands of deaths and, and just torture. And like, so yeah, like right away, right off the bat, it's already scary. And if there's a, a perfect place for a ghost, it's at the locations we went to. Now, I saw in the, yeah, really uh, in the video. Up. Oh, sorry. Go on. Go, go no, on. No, no worries. I was just going to say it really opened up. Your, so we would get uh, a packet and we would get to learn about the dark history and a little bit of the, the hauntings that happened there. But, you know, when you read into the history of some of these places, it really opens your eyes to, you know, some of the dark past that some of the different locations that we went to, some of the different facilities that we went to had and, you know, that just, it set a tone. Like you could feel it sometimes when you walk onto the land at our last location. If you walking into the, some of these buildings, there's just, there's it threw you off for a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I watched the first look video on, on the travel channel, uh, you guys were, had some interviews with like former inmates and former guards. Is that going to be part of the show or was that just for the, the, uh, the preview? Yeah. So what happens this, I'll make this short here, but, uh, since I picked the locations about 24 hours before getting to the spot, I will give Tanner and Chelsea the packet and the packet is basically all of that information I've gathered. And so those interviews you're seeing on the show, which are every show we have interviews with ex inmates, ex patients, whatever the location was. And uh, yeah, those are the people that I didn't do those interviews, but I did the pre interviews where I called them ahead of time. I heard their story, wrote it on the packet. That I ended up giving to Tanner and Chelsea and then the interview was done. And, uh, yeah, so basically every episode when Tanner and Chelsea are reading this packet, we're intercutting it with people's testimonial stories and historians and B-roll of the locations. And so, yeah, that's a part of every single episode. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you pick the episode? How do you pick where you where you go? Were, were these places you had like previous knowledge of? Yep, exactly. I had uh, a couple of years ago, we did a documentary called Trail to Terror. It's, it's almost the same concept. And we... Uh, at that moment, I had already made a list of over 50 places in the country of haunted, abandoned, dark history. I want to go see these places. And in the documentary, we hit five of those places. In this first season, we hit 10 more. 
and I still have a lot more places I want to see. But yeah, pre like by the time the show was like a thing and we were we knew we were doing it, the 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 research was done. I'd been done with that for years. Mm-hmm. And so I saw you know all of you guys travel around in the RV. So like how how long does it take to film each episode? Do you actually f- travel from RV to the next location? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is the crazy part is half of the time we don't even know. I mean, since Chelsea and I don't know where we're going, we don't know what yeah. direction the RV is going. Yeah. So I mean, there's about a six-hour road trip that we're just kind of traveling to nowhere. And in terms of like how many days per episode, there was no schedule because some were like sometimes there was a two full day, like we had a 14-hour drive, and like so we're not really filming much that day, just maybe us traveling and. It was anywhere between like two to like four days per shoot, depending on just logistics. the logistics of the traveling. But yeah, it was one continuous road trip and you'll notice it. You you will see the difference between, so you've seen parts of episode one now, and I'm sure you can tell right off the bat how happy we are. Like this looks going to be so yeah. fun, crazy road trip by episode nine and 10, eight. Like you see our, our, the difference. We are sweaty. We are, greasy like the, we have bags under our eyes like it's been beaten up yeah it's, it's a real it's real it's crazy yeah yeah and uh, i assume there's no walter white like jesse pickman stuff going on in the rv there's no you know blue meth or anything <laughs> no definitely not All right. No, All that right. is a pretty clean RV. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, what, what you're just saying there, Dakota, about, you know, you guys are having fun to begin with because you're traveling these places. But once you actually, like, start to read about them, does, does that, even before you get there, does that really change the mood since, you know, oh, you're yeah. reading about all these things in the, in the prison? Yeah, I mean, 100%. And just like, yeah, we were so happy this first. You'll see it. The like people who watched the first episode, the first 20 minutes of the show before we actually spend the night, we're like in a decent mood. But like what's crazy about the first episode, which we did not expect, is it was terrible. It was one of the scarier nights of the trip. And right away we were thrown into this like, wait, what are we doing? We have nine more nights. And one of us cried on the first one. And like, how is this? Like, what are we doing? Is this smart? And there definitely was a lot of doubt throughout the season and throughout the, the month long road trip with just myself personally doubting it. Like, is this smart? Like we're all like, are we going to be able to even make it through 10 nights? And like, is it worth potentially ruining friendships too? like arguments and just high mm-hmm. stress situations? And like, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of doubt for sure. Yeah. And so you said they, they like kind of a, they're a continuation. Yeah. Since you know, one, exactly. one starts where they only, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely something different. That's like one of the uh, the reasons we love this idea so much is that it's like we're not we're not taking a break. There's no like, oh, we're going to go home for a couple of weeks and then we're going to fly out and maybe do the next one. But no, it's like it's just straight challenge. And I mean, the whole entire series was shot just over a little bit over a month. So, I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of time to do any resting or anything. We were just you'd wake up and you'd start traveling to the next location and you're put into another another spot. That was this brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And then I assume they have to be shown in order then. So you can see the progression. Yep. Exactly. Right in order. And, but luckily too, like, so I, the, when I designed the trip too, uh, I had that in mind of just like, all right, like I want to, I know the first one's got to be pretty, pretty intense, but they're going to get worse. And by like five and on, they get dramatically worse. Oh, they got worse and worse and worse. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, everything airs the way it was shot. Yeah. And it's insane how he set it up to do it that way. I mean, some of the locations get bigger. Some of the, some of the hauntings get scarier. Some of the, the history gets darker. 
And then it just kind of crescendos throughout the whole entire series. By the end of it, on episode 10, you just kind of go, wow, I can't believe they're actually going to go back in there again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about like the uh, safety issue uh, beyond the paranormal part? Like if you're going into an abandoned place or all these like uh, in or any of them like in really bad shape where it's like potentially dangerous to even walk around? Well, that's actually a really good point. Um, so there was a lot of black mold, a bunch of dust going in there. So we did wear uh, respirators and masks like that just to protect ourselves. But there was a point, um, I think episode, what episode is that? Uh, I think it was like or seven or six. It, yeah, it was down the line of the road trip where um, I started coughing up some black specks and black chunks and actually had to go to the hospital and check out my lungs to make sure that I was healthy or not. And they basically told him like, are you spending a lot of time in dusty buildings? He's like, yeah, yes, I am. <laughs> I am spending a ton of time in dusty buildings and actually have two more dusty buildings to go. And in terms of safety of just like falling through the building and stuff, uh, luckily, like we never, we never saw the location beforehand, but we did have a producer who would scout it beforehand. And basically it was still really sketchy though. Cause like we would get the rundown before arriving, like, all right, just so you guys know, there is a staircase on the top floor that like we, we you can't walk on, you'll fall through. So like they, we, we had to like, before going in every night, we would get these notes from our producer, just like what the safety hazards are. Cause I didn't want to see it. I, I was like genuine. I did not want to see this building without like. Mm-hmm. It takes away from. Yeah. Sure. The first time. And so yeah, just we had to just really take good mental notes on what they told us before going in, and then it was a really yeah like we tried not to run if we were scared. It was like try not to run because this is an abandoned building, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of yeah a lot of safety. <laughs> and uh, Tanner, since since uh, you said that you had a um, a religious background, I saw in the uh, at the uh, at the first episode that they said that the penitentiary is built, and you could see it from above. That's built in like an upside down cross. Uh, did you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I thought it was just kind of interesting. I mean, they have a chapel on site too. So that, I mean, there, it wasn't all that dark. I don't know if like the upside down cross really, I mean, it just, it's symbolism. So it, it really mm-hmm. puts you in a, into a mood. I mean, it, it's, you can't, you can't shy away from it. It's right in your face. And when you're walking in the building, you're like, all right, well, I'm going to the right side of the cross and it's, it really, it sets the tone for you. I mean, it makes it really real. And then it also brings back, you know, your memories or the idea of how spirits and angels and demons are real things. And like the upside down cross was to send a message to the inmates too, that that you are not welcome here. This is not a place that this is the end of the road. This is the end of the line for you. So it was, uh, it was eerie for sure. Having an upside down cross is the design of the first location we went to. Mm -hmm. Now, since you both grew up like around uh, around this, did either of you have like one moment though where you like actually did like okay, I do believe that that ghost or something is oh, yeah. is out there. Uh, location number three, Sweet Spring Sanitarium. Like Tanner had one of the crazy ex- experiences of the whole trip, and yeah, I was in the in the basement at, at one point, and then all of a sudden I heard audible voices, and it was so audible that I actually. He jumped on my walkie and I told everyone, Hey guys, I think there's two humans in the basement with me right now. I don't know what to do here. And everyone kind of freaked out and they ran to me and we did a a clean sweep of the basement. And I mean, this is a very huge basement and we looked under, you know, tarps, we opened up drawers, we looked behind closet doors and there wasn't a single soul other than the four of us just being in the building. 
And, you know, I go back to my location and, you know, you still hear the voices. And, and you heard it again after we had done a clean, a 30 minute just scout of the basement. And, and it even, I mean, you watch the episode and it even gets crazier after that. I mean, I've never seen Tanner like this. You, you'll see he is so affected. And this was night three, by the way. And so we're, we still have eight more, seven more after that. And it was just really eye opening to have such a crazy encounter that early on. And it just kind of set the stage for what was to come later in the, in the, in the road trip. Mm -hmm. And I see uh, episode two is at the old South uh, Pittsburgh hospital, which that's another very interesting location. Again, another place I would assume where a lot of, uh, a lot of misery and, uh, and, and death occurred. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's definitely a a dark history with that. There's a bunch of misery. And, uh, that one was a fun one because, uh, we, actually introduced our first challenge into that one where because yeah, throughout the season there's not just sleeping alone i had a couple ideas up my sleeves for things we could do to make it even scarier and i'm not going to say much more but yeah we sent charles uh yeah we did a, we did something we did a little bit of a challenge and it, uh <laughs> it's, it's only the second episode and none of us were really ready for extra challenges other than being alone in an abandoned location mm-hmm so destination fear premieres october 26 on the travel channel and uh, i'm really looking forward to it i uh, i like the idea and i the video had me really interested and you guys sound uh, interesting and i like the idea that it continues and it just sounds like a, a good time for me thank you oh, very much. appreciate that thank you we're excited, very kind. we're excited for people to see what we went through like it, it, there's so like that month was just so many things happen. Like it's going to be great for people to see this. Exactly. It's hard to just tell the story. It's really, I'm glad that we got it all on footage. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, I appreciate both of you guys coming on tonight. Thank you very well, thank much. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, have a good rest of the day. You take too. Care. You take care. Thanks guys. And have a good Halloween. You too. Happy Halloween. Thank you. All right. Bye. 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 This is Josh Hasty, writer and director of Candy Corn, and you're listening to Without Your Head. All right, and we're back here once again at the station of decapitation without your head, and I am Nasty Neal. And that would make me terrible, Troy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, coming up live at 9, about a half hour, we're going to have William Ragsdale from one of my favorite films, Fright Night. Oh, mine too. Gotta love that mm-hmm. movie. And he's great in that movie. 
Yes, he is. And he's also in a new movie we're going to be talking about, When We Dance, The Music Dies, which was a really cool uh, psychological thriller. I watched it earlier, and uh, I really dug it. Uh, He's great in it. It's uh, kind of it's a it's um, kind of a slow burn. You don't know what's real, what isn't. Especially as the movie uh, progresses, it's kind of into the uh, fall into madness. I really, I really dug it. Oh, very nice. Sounds like my kind of movie too. Then, mm-hmm. and so Eric Roberts is also in it. Oh, nice. Plays a uh, a cult leader. Mm-hmm. So it's very cool. We'll talk about that when uh, when Ragsdale comes on here, and also a big thanks to Dakota Layden and Tanner Wiseman of Destination Fear, which premieres October 26th on the Travel Channel. Oh, very good. So they're picking 10 of the most haunted places, abandoned places, and they're traveling to them and spending the day. Ooh, that sounds like that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, and they're doing it in order, so it's mm-hmm. one big trip, and then each episode is is where they go. And so it actually progresses, though. It's not like they recorded these all different times. They record oh, them okay. in progress. So the first one, they're going to a, a famous haunted abandoned um, prison. Mm-hmm. And I saw some of the interviews with the like uh, former inmates and stuff. And apparently it's a really bad prison where they, uh, they, they beat the inmates a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if you don't believe in ghosts, a place like that, that really had like a lot of misery and, and, uh, and torture and stuff. You think it's gotta have some type of like a vibe to it. I would think. Yeah. That just sounds like a creepy place in general. Yeah. So that'll be that, that I could say fun, but that's weird to say that that's fun, but it would be interesting to check out. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it would depend on your idea of fun, but yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely pretty wild. Yeah. So I was watching this earlier, Troy, mm-hmm. and you can see Dr. Sleep nine days early on the 30th Ooh. and, uh, at participating theaters. So you go to, uh, let me, f- you go to fandango.com and find out where. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just ordered myself a ticket to see it at the at, at Fenway. Oh, that's 30th. awesome! Very oh, that should be a blast. Then that'll be a good time. Mm-hmm. Early access, man. That's that's wild. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and uh, coming out this weekend, the lighthouse, which I'm dying to see. This movie looks crazy. Oh my god! Yeah, that that movie. Like when I saw the trailer, it just kind of blew my mind. Yeah, black and white. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe, and, and Willem Dafoe, Dafoe looks especially looks... insane in this one. Yes, yes, it looks totally completely unhinged. Yeah, uh-huh. and the other kid I didn't even recognize. Yeah, I've heard he's really good in some other stuff. I think he has this uh, negative stigma to him because he was in the Shiny Vampire stuff. But right. lots of lots of good actors have been in movies that I didn't want to see. Oh, definitely, definitely, like. Yeah, I think about, uh, you know, the kid from, you know, like Harry Potter's not my trip, but mm-hmm. like, you know, that kid's been in a lot of stuff afterwards that like, I think have been pretty good. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, I, instead of holding that against them, you know, uh, give the, give the guy a chance. Right. It's not like he made uh, the, the Twilight movies. Yep. Yeah. Like he would have been kind of a dumbass if he wouldn't have said no to them. Right, right. So yeah, and because uh, I know people are up in arms because uh, you know the rumor is he's going to play the the new Batman. Uh huh. 
which uh, I, I have no problem with because I'm not really see unless you know unless I see the movie and he's terrible, but like oh, yeah. just the idea yeah. of it, I'm fine with. I never think whoever plays Batman's really that important in the Batman movies. No, me either. I mean, like, um, I, I think uh, you know, my I have my personal favorite, and uh, maybe maybe a little bit as like Bruce Wayne. But mm-hmm. like you know, when when he's in the Batman duds, like he's pretty much the same guy each each character. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, no matter who the actor's been. Mm-hmm. And then, usually, those movies are built around the, the villains. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you you know you it's kind of like Spider Man. You know the backstory. You know what happened to Bruce Wayne's Ma and Pa. You know, and you know he's been there with Alfred, and you know, kind of move on from there. Mm-hmm. So I believe the uh, the director of um, Eggers, I believe his name is, of, of Lighthouse, who also did The Witch, he, uh, for people in the Boston area, he's going to be, well, actually, it's tonight, so you're missing it. You probably already missed it. But oh. it, he was going to be at uh, the Coolidge. I mean, not the Coolidge. He's going to be at the Brattle tonight. Oh, no way. With yeah, for, with what? With um, For the Lighthouse. Oh, wow. I'll see, and I didn't even know that movie was out now. So that's pretty wild, too. Yeah, I think it, if, well, it comes out Friday, which everything oh, yeah. when they say Friday, it's actually out on Thursday. <laughs> on Thursday, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always, it's always a bizarre when they do. I mean, just, just say the movie's come out on, on Thursday now. Exactly. Yep. You don't really, don't really need to fool us into believing anything else. No. No. Oh man. But I'm really looking forward to them. I'm gonna go see it tomorrow. Oh sweet. That'll be a good time. I don't know if there's any other horror movies, uh you think it's October. They gotta have some horror movies coming out. I know. I sh- let me consult Fandango. Cause you were just there and they usually yeah. they usually know what's coming out. Do you think What's anyone that? ever thinks like, oh man, they made a Fandango m- movie? They made a, a movie version of this uh, website where I get my movie tickets. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, they're like, wow, that's that's an odd movie to make a movie about. But hey, Kevin Costner's in it. I mean, oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> uh, let me see. Maleficent. I've never seen the first Maleficent. I, I liked it a lot. I, I didn't expect to, and then we saw it, and I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've heard you know I've heard all good things about it, but yep. I doubt I'll have time to watch it before tomorrow. Oh, uh, true, true. Is that when um, the second one's out? Is, is yeah. The, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Zombieland two. It looks like shit to me, but I'll probably end up seeing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like none of the trailers. I haven't seen one zombie in Zombieland two. Me neither. I don't. I don't get that. Yep. I guess uh, maybe that's part of the comedy of it. Maybe, but geez, I don't know. Uh, Adam's family came out last week. I would like to see that. I've heard all good things about it too. Everyone that's seen it mm-hmm. has really enjoyed it. Yeah. But I've I've liked I think every variation of uh of the Adams family. I yeah, mean the I Julia ones are the best, but like mm-hmm. the old show I loved and Yeah. Yeah, I liked them all. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know what Pain and Glory is. I assume it's not a horror movie. Mm. No, I'm not, not seeing anything else that's really like striking me as as this like bitch and horror flick. No, there isn't. 
There isn't. But I'll be going to the 12 hour marathon for uh, Halloween weekend. That's what I think that's coming up. What next weekend? Holy is shit. It? Wow. Yeah, yeah, it is. You're right. Hey. That's time flies by, Chief. Yeah. I started writing a song last year, but I got sick for, for the Coolidge <laughs> After Midnight Marathon. Really? I'll try to get it done for next for next. You never told me about this. I did really? not. Really? Yeah. I, have, I had more. I had more lyrics that were uh, <laughs> relevant to last year's show. But here, here's the gist of it. Okay. Coolidge <laughs> after midnight, <laughs> movies till the dawn. Yeah, that's basically. It. I like that. That's good. And it's it's good to 12 know. Twelve hour <laughs> marathon, marathon. It's it's good to know though that um that that after your uh your shrinking mm-hmm. after your your weight loss of over a hundred pounds, which is yeah, just over one hundred thirty, over one hundred thirty now, just absolutely amazing. Yeah. I'm in the two in the two under the two tens now, so well, seven it, pounds away from two hundred pounds from damn, three four. That's amazing, man. But we found out, uh, well, I found out today, you may have known a little earlier, that um, even your head yes, has, has gotten smaller. It's very bizarre. So, like, my hat's kept, the, the ones that, like, you adjust in the back, the old, like, snap, uh, whatever they call them, snapback claps or Velcro, they started blowing off. And I was like, uh, oh, so I tight, and I had to tighten them all the way as tight as possible. Wow. Which is really weird. I'm like, holy fuck. And then, so, like, they couldn't have just, they couldn't have, my head couldn't have shrunk. Like, you can't lose weight in your head. But then I went to put on a fitted cap, and there's no way that stretched out or anything. You know, it's seven and a half, seven and five eighths, I believe that this particular one was. And uh, it's just way too big. Yeah, that was, that was kind of comical. It fell over your head like, like a little kid putting on their dad's hat. It yeah, just, like, how is this possible? Over your ears, which was pretty neat. But was I was I a literal fathead? You must have been. Who knew? But hmm. uh, it is good to notice, though, that after you sang that, you know, at least it wasn't like like a Pavarotti thing. With hmm. the weight loss, you haven't lost your voice. Hmm. You still hmm, have that true. same singing voice. Yeah, which it is. I mean, uh, I think it's people. Everyone out there will agree. It's, it's pretty rocking. It's the same. It you haven't lost it. Just think though. I mean, I'm sure you know the song it's referencing. But... Coolidge after oh, yeah. midnight. I mean, it goes. It goes right along. No, that's what I mean. It's it's good to know that you you know you. I don't know if you were concerned, like you know if. Because a lot of the opera singers that are larger people, when they when they drop some weight, they may not have that powerful voice mm, that they once had. Right. Mm-hmm. I think this is a hit. Oh, I I can't see how it couldn't be. Yeah, I haven't put out a new tune since uh, since um, Give Me That Fat Ass, I believe. All right. Well, the world is ready. We uh, we await. Very true. Very true. It's been too long. It's been too long. Got to get back into the into the game. It's like as the kids say. Ooh, that was is that what those young dudes say? Uh huh. All yeah, the young dudes say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I got a call here. Before we get to him, I do want to say I returned 
to the to the convention scene. My first horror convention mm-hmm. in two years. Yes. My first uh, rock and shock in, in several years. And uh, I had a wonderful time. Awesome. That's what we like to hear. It was, uh, it both uh, professionally, if you call this professional, what we do, <laughs> and uh, and personally, it was a, it was a really good time. Uh, I met with met up with people I haven't seen in a while. Uh, I'll just say it, the pictures are up. I hung out with Annabelle for the weekend. I you know uh, this is like our second or third time I think uh, in you know in the last like several months. Uh, we spent two years, you know, not talking to each other, so that was very pleasant. Oh, awesome, yeah. And uh, a lot of, uh, you know, the vendors I haven't seen for a while, like Chris Ott, that was cool. Oh, yeah, yep. And I got some great interviews, an amazing hour interview with the equally amazing Ken Faree. Oh, sweet. Awesome. And uh, some video interviews with Bill Mosley, talk about Three from Hell. Oh, very good. Good stuff. And then, uh, uh, well, a couple things. I uh, also filmed some stuff for the movie that, which is out of the bag now too, uh, that I'm co-producing along with Michael Epstein and Sophia Cassiola. And uh, it's also been announced today. We have our our two leads, which we've had for a while, but now it's official. And those leads are Bill Whedon, former guest here on the show. Ooh. And Michael St. Michael's Greasy Strangler. I can't think of two better leads, two great guys, and going to see them playing off each other. I will also be in this, so hopefully they'll screen time with them. It's going to be pretty sweet. Oh, that's totally badass. I I don't think you could ask for two, like, just cooler cats. No. And so I filmed um, some um, small parts with... um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre alumni, Dan Yeager from Texas Chainsaw 3D. Mm -hmm. Bill Johnson from Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Very good. And our good personal friend, John Dugan, grandpa from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Awesome. So they will be in this film. Oh, I totally love it, Neil. Mm -hmm. And the first time in six years since I've seen John, it doesn't, it doesn't seem possible. Oh. Six years have gone by. And like he said, it was effortless. We just, uh, the three of us it was me, John and Annabelle it all picked up just like, you know, a day hadn't gone by. We had a, we had a great time, went out to eat. Oh, it sweet. Was, it was emotional. Mm-hmm. And it was very nice. We talked about real things and about total nonsense. <laughs> those those are the best times. So right, and and I didn't have a drink of it. Was, I then I, I didn't even think about this like at home. But it's the first first convention I've ever been at where I had I didn't have any alcohol. I've been to festivals now without alcohol, but first convention without alcohol. Oh wow! And I didn't miss. Well, it. that's great. Mm-hmm. John, you know, made fun of me, but. <laughs> They're all talking about their drinks, and I was just like, well, th- this water is amazing. <laughs> this is some truly clear and crystal-like oh, yeah. water. It's really cold, very wet. That's awesome. It was a good time. But yeah, it was a great time. we got to get Troy out uh, somewhere, because I think it's he said it was like eight years since John seen Troy. That doesn't even seem possible. Wow, that doesn't. That really doesn't. Yeah. John must keep like track though, because he knew like eight years. Like, <laughs> they have a checklist sitting around. 
He does. He's got the little calendar, like son of a bitch. It's been yeah. that long. Yeah, and he looked very good. Looked excellent. And people out there oh, don't know. Awesome. You know, he had uh, some uh, serious health problems. You know, uh, yep. mouth cancer, and uh, looked great. Oh, good. That's what I like to hear too. Yeah, well, we're gonna have John on here uh, at some point in time. Excellent. But uh, we have on the line here. Mr. Lindbergh, the Lindbergh baby himself. Craig Lindbergh. Oh, very good. Creepy Craig. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, I'm, I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, mentioning conventions. Um, I'm going to be doing the Frightmare in the Falls in two weeks, where I'll be doing demos. So anyone oh, nice. that's Ooh. in the... Toronto, Niagara Falls, Buffalo area, if they want to come by. Um, I'm going to be doing a prosthetic application and, uh, you know, cuts, wounds, black eyes. I'm going to treat it as if I'm treating a class. So I'll be Mm -hmm. doing it as an educational thing. Very cool. Have you done anything like this before? Uh, I've done, I've done some conventions. I did, um, something called the International Makeup Artist Trade Show in Toronto at the beginning of the month where I did a demo uh, for a brush company and, a, and I did a prosthetic application. So I've been doing it on and off now for a couple of years. Most of the stuff with makeup shows, this is like one of the first times I'm actually doing it for a convention. Mm-hmm. Now, if I've you were going to... If you were going to make Troy up for Halloween, what what what, oh, what advice I would like. you give him? What, what what do you think you it would be a good costume for Troy? Well, with that beard that he has, mm-hmm. all I can think of is the Sasquatch from the Six Million Dollar Man. That'd nice. Awesome. Oh, now I like that. I even had the action figure of that. Mm-hmm. It's from <laughs> Andre the Giant. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, would he have like a plate in the middle of his chest showing like the the robot bits? Because that's what the toy did. Did they ever do that in the show? All right. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good reveal. Just it bops off. Somebody yeah. goes well, over and pushes do, like my navel. A, <laughs> yeah, you do like a big, big chest piece that's hollow in the inside. And then you just put all those parts in there. So he wears it like a costume. You just pick the front plate off and you see all the innards inside. All right. I like I like I kind of beats the shit out of what I'm actually doing. So. No. <laughs> I what are you doing? Far, but oh, really? That's what I was going to be last year. I even made the staff and everything, and then our grandmother was sick, and so mm. I never, never got a chance to be Jafar. So no, that's right. Yeah, because you wanted be to this be blue. Yep, yep, yeah. But now you're not, you're not genie. You're, you could be Aladdin, maybe. I'll get you a fez. Hmm. That's pretty cool. But don't yeah. have to be like just wear like a vest and no Yeah, shirt. I don't care. You can freeze your balls off. I don't care. And I'm freezing my nipples <laughs> off. I, yeah. I get yeah, cold easy. My belly button off. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. You can't be yeah. I dream a Don't genie you. anymore, Neil. That's true. That's true. I was that's what I exactly was planning on. Too. I know, yeah. That maybe a little makeup. We can make up navel, yeah. That's true. Someone <laughs> suggested I get like on. I get like a tattoo, and I was like, "It's really not that important." Get a prosthetic, a prosthetic belly button. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Running out here, any. 
I had it. I had an innie, so maybe they could just carve one. I don't know. We'll look into it. Good. Yeah. I mean, you know, they can make a stamp. <laughs> I could probably just get a sharpie and do it. A little dot. <laughs> Maybe that's what uh, someone out there could go for Halloween as uh, Nasty Neal's uh, lost belly button. Oh, that would be fantastic. You'd probably win our contest. By the way, we I don't have it up, but we will. I should have this up by now. I'm sorry, but it's been a lot going on. Uh, we will be doing the Halloween costume contest. We have some cool prizes already sent in, so we will be doing the Halloween costume contest. And the, uh, the jack-o'-lantern? Yes, yes. Excellent. Yes, both of them. Excellent. Yes. So I'll put that up this weekend. All right, good man. So, because people are very cool, they send it stuff. Yeah, well, well, you all you got to do is take a picture of yourself in a costume or a pumpkin that you carved of this year and send it in, and uh, and then we'll vote on it, and then someone will win. We do it every year; it's it's very fun. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. Another thing we do then for Christmas, which is a lot of fun too, is the secret Satan. And what you do is people, everyone sends in a present and then like I randomly wrap them up and send them back out to people. And it's, it's really, oh. it's a, it's a good time. I've always That's gotten cool. like some of the, like the neatest stuff from that. Like some people just send in some of the coolest, like horror related stuff you can think. Oh yeah. It's very cool. I like it. I like it. You know, one, one year, I won't say who, but. One year, unfortunately, someone did send in um, a dollar store uh, men's cologne. But, <laughs> so that's when I made the I made the rule that they can't be wrapped uh, beforehand. That's so I can make sure everyone, you know, gets something decent because, you, know, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, somewhere down the line, we actually have to meet because I actually took a really sweet picture and I can't really send it to you. I have to kind of show it to you because I have to get sort of approval of the person I took a picture of. But I think you'd get a real good kick out of who I took a picture. And they're looking at the calendar that you, you mm. painted. Oh, really? And you, yeah. Uh, I think you'd get a really cool, you, you, I, you go, oh, that's really awesome. But I, we, oh, but I have to show it to you. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can't wait to see this. Yeah, that's very right. exciting. Next first, year's calendar like, should you? be ready soon. That's right. I have the I, I need to color it in, but yeah, we have uh, the next one is coming up, which is uh, which the uh, shirt's already up, so it's going to be a uh, you know classic RPG related. But the the cover is now complete. Well, the the pen and ink I have to get it colored in. Very That's cool. Yeah, awesome, man. It's so cool that you guys are doing it. I mean. Honestly, if I didn't have 5,000 t-shirts already, I would probably get a shirt. <laughs> but every yeah, I myself. I get, I get a t-shirt and a hat, yes. and it's just like, uh, oh, good, more another t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah the missus you know, makes me throw away an equal amount now. Like, if I get three mm. new shirts, I've got to throw away three shirts. Right, right. So you see some, someone walking around with a shirt from a production that might be something I donated at a time. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what's so what else? Uh, so when when is when is that convention? The it is the the weekend, weeks? the twenty sixth to twenty seventh of this month of, of October twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and it's at uh, 
It's in Ni- uh, Niagara Falls, Canada. It's in the Canadian side. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm they, sure, you know, I'm you sure you've been. Bill Mosley, and they're going to be there, and Kane Hodder's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Like if people go to the Frightmare in the Falls website, you'll see the list of all the um, all the guests that are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, it seems like fun. You know, I've never done I never done one in like that up there ever before. So it looks like it's going to be kind of nice because it's going to be very, you know, it's going to be fans going, you know, mm-hmm. with the uh, IMATS, which is the International Makeup Artist Trade Show. You get makeup artists that go do this, but these kind of conventions are people who love the genre. So I think there's a different uh, feeling when, when people go do something like that. Yeah, it's pretty loaded lineup. Uh, Kane Hodder, Bill Mosley, uh, Michael Berryman from the Hills of Eyes, D. Wallace, nice. Linnea Quigley, Barbara Crampton, Lou Temple, Aria Lehman, the original uh, Jason, uh, all kinds of people. Andrew Divoff, the Wishmaster, William Forsyth, Miko nice. Hughes from Pet Cemetery, Jake the Snake Roberts, John Dugan will be there. Oh, sweet. Ari Mihailov, Robert Mukes, Tony Moran, uh, Marky Ramon from the Ramones. Whoa. And, of course, he's even listed right here, Craig Lindbergh. Nice. Right next to my, Marky Ramon. Yeah, I'm going to be actually, spot. my my table's going to be right to his. <laughs> well, you, I'm sure you'll do great. I will say this. Well, I see. I've had that experience. I was at uh, at a convention in in Seattle, and they're being very nice. Like we're gonna put you right in the middle between the cast, uh, and coincidentally of uh, Fright Night and the cast of Rocky Horror Picture Show. And it's like oh, awesome, gone Neil. But the the thing is, absolutely no one goes to your table when <laughs> you're a podcast, and you're in between Rocky Horror Picture Show and Fright Night. They rest a drink on your table as they're getting a picture with like one of those exactly. people. Yeah, exactly. And then the last one, Troy, when we wrote it, it was between a- Aliens and uh, and the original Michael Myers. Oh yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. Our last con that I was at too. Yeah, so you gotta you kind of make small talk between people standing in line to meet you know Lance Hendrickson and and, and all the aliens. <laughs> yep. And some people I mean, are nice and pretend imagine. to pay attention. Yeah, yeah they give you like a nod. What I would be, I mean, because I'm I'm doing the demos, and then after the demos, uh, maybe I might sell some things because uh, they're giving me the table. I guess because I'm doing the demos, and I'm just like, what am I going to do with the table? Uh, I guess I'm going to try to sell some things, maybe if I'm allowed to, because I've gotten into making prosthetics and um, things like this, which sometimes if you go into uh, stores like Walmart and Kmart, uh, well, Kmart's Walmart, <laughs> S-Mart, shop at S-Mart. Uh, if you go into like spirits, some of the prosthetics that are made uh, uh, through, you know, done here are being sold through the other companies uh, that we sell them to. And they're, they package them and they put them into the, the store. So sometimes you go into a store and they're like, oh, there's my makeup and those are the pieces that are made. So oh, wow. it's kind of cool to see that. So maybe I might do that. I bet there'd be uh, a lot of people trip. interested in that, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. Well, Definitely. Yeah, because you you know you have the cool makeup and stuff. So I think that would be that would do well. Fingers across. I mean, I have a feeling I'll be like sitting there, you know, looking at my phone while people are going to market. <laughs> yep. <laughs> although, yeah. although oh, hopefully, because like, we we've had experiences where people that you know you you really think are going to be really neat people, and then after a couple of days sitting next to them, you're like, wow, this guy's really. Not nearly <laughs> as cool as I thought right. they'd be. Right. Well, that's why I said Lance Hendrickson and not uh, not someone else from the same yeah. movie. Well, <laughs> they were not particularly nice, but but we will keep that hush hush. I I was thinking more of a wrestler person, but oh, that's another oh, story. Or a very tall time. guy. A very tall, useless. Oh guy. yeah, that's true. Sometimes we've had bad luck in with certain people. Yeah. Hey, uh, we got to gonna have to go because uh, William okay. Ragsdale will be coming on. All right. Awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, All thanks right. for having me on again, gentlemen. Yeah, of course. Good to hear yeah, from always you. a pleasure to hear from you. Good luck at we're the convention if we don't talk to you beforehand. Okay, you got it. Thank you. All Thank right. you. We're going to go to break and we're going to come back with William Ragsdale. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. The tomb of Nick Cage. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Hey everybody, this is Stephen Jeffries from Fright Night, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Welcome back to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm still Nasty Neal. And I remain terrible Troy. Mm-hmm. And we're joined by Williams William Ragsdale from one of my favorite movies, and not just because here, Fright Night, and a very cool new movie we're going to be talking about, When We Dance, The Music Dies. It's very cool to have you here. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, real quick story. I was a uh, caller right before you. He was talking about he's uh, going to be at a convention, and he was afraid he wasn't going to get a lot of people at his table because he sat next to Marky Ramone and some other people. And uh, <laughs> at, a, at a convention in Seattle, they seated us uh, between the the Fright Night, uh, Fright Night uh, cast and the cast of Rocky mm-hmm. Horror Picture Show. So, which was very cool of them, but but no one came to our table. Right. But, yeah. Well, you know, uh, it's, it's location, 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 right? Exactly. So sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's fine. It was a good. It was a good weekend, though. It was a good week. Well, that's good. All right. Yeah. So, can you give people yeah. an idea of what? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Can you give people an idea of what uh, "When We Dance, The Music Dies" is about? Yeah, it's basically about uh, a, 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 a man whose daughter disappears. She is uh, she's at a sorority or with her, her friends at college, and they they start sort of trying to spook each other. And one of them brings up this uh, kind of elevator game, uh, and uh, where you you sort of do a pattern of stops on the elevator, 
and uh, something scary happens, and uh, she, the daughter does it, and then she disappears. And um, I play the father, who is obviously distraught about it, and goes looking for her, trying to find her. And in his digging, it turns out that she has been involved with, got involved with kind of a cult, kind of a, 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 a doomsday cult type of thing. And um, th- something bad happens in the cult and sort of leads me to another dead end. And it's basically a story about me trying to find her and the lengths that I go to to, to find her. Mm-hmm. I really liked this movie. I watched it earlier today, and uh, I thought you were excellent. And uh, I like kind of the slow kind of fall into into madness in a way in the movie. And that's so exactly what, like, yeah, yeah. What interested you in it? Um, I thought it was really kind of off kilter, actually. You know, I mean, I had uh, I read the script and I had to reread it to see if I knew what was going on, and I didn't always. But I, I liked the creepiness of the 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 palette that he was painting from and, and sort of the creepy uh, kind of um, uh, I- images that he was, he was uh, able to bring up. And, and I thought, well, let's, let's go for a ride and, and see where it goes. It sort of was a little bit like guerrilla filmmaking, you know, we were kind of uh, finding it as we went, but um, I just thought it was an interesting script and, uh, and an interesting story. And I wanted to see how it would go. Yeah, there's a lot of great shots of you. Even like uh, the first time you see your character, and uh, you're not really saying anything. You're just you're just sitting there. And uh, <laughs> I thought it was yeah. it was yeah. really great. Uh, even throughout the movie, you have great acting just uh, by a lot of the expressions. And also, he, he shot you very well. I thought. Yeah, yeah, no, he did a great job, Anthony Delancourt. He, uh, yeah, he he did all of his own lighting. He did his own DP and uh, and cameraman and director and and everything. He did a really beautiful job. It's uh, it's it, it creates a real ambiance that's uh, you know that sets the tone and you're you're in it immediately too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you first meet the. Um the psychic, the, the lighting changes to like these weird purples and reds and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it adds a lot to it, you know? Yeah. It's a beautiful, it's beautifully shot. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I always think that even adds a uh, production value and use some interesting lighting. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're, you're trying to, uh, <clears throat> make people kind of uncomfortable and, you know, and, and, you know, the, the, the basis of the, the film is kind of, uh, uh, is dis- disorientation in a way, you know, and kind of confusion. And he does a lot of that with the uh, the, the the colors, the palette he uses, and and uh, and the lighting. And it just sort of really a, sort of makes it that much easier to get into the story. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the experience like working, you know, uh, with Eric Roberts? Um, always fun. <laughs> you never know. But he's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's obviously a really gifted actor and. Uh, I had worked with him years ago on a TV show and had gotten along with him, you know, well there. And uh, it was nice to sort of uh, reconnect on this. And he's, uh, you know, he's intense. He's, he's the real deal. He's, um, you know, he's, he's very sort of charming in his own way in a, in a kind of disturbing way. Um, but he was great. You know, he's, he, he brings you in and he's fully committed, you know, and it just, it, it, it makes doing the, doing the scene really 
exciting because you don't always know where it's going to go. You don't always know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and that, that just brings you, that brings a lot more presence into, into the, into the scene itself, which is, which is great. I love. Yeah. And it's, uh, cause your character, you know, is very desperate to find his daughter. So a lot of things I think that people might think like a uh, prey on desperate people, like, you know, a uh, medium and, and you're talking to a cult mm-hmm. leader and maybe believing things that, you know, normal people person might not believe you know but that but it's believable because you know that that your character is really you know trying to to find somebody yeah i mean he goes i mean he starts out you know initially uh, putting up posters and talking to the police and waiting on a detective and you know and nothing ever happens so i mean it sort of covers the course of over a year you know and finally by the end of it he's like you say he's willing to go see uh let's go see what a you know, a, a spirit medium might say, or, you know, uh, you know, or start looking into sort sort of more occult stuff. And, um, you know, and it, it's just that sort of transition and, and, and by the end of it, he's all in on, uh, you know, the supernatural aspect of it and, and following that to its end. Mm-hmm. Which is always interesting in any movie. I think when, uh, when, when the character, you know, might believe if something supernatural or not, because I think if you wait too long in a movie, it can be unbelievable. Or if they just do it right away, it can also be unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, you have to have that. You have to have that disbelief and that, you know, uh, leaning on your your usual methods and senses and all that stuff. And it's you know, it, it takes a breaking point to sort of get you to cross over into something else. So mm-hmm. yeah. And you're right. It takes, it's, it's kind of tricky when that happens, you know, it has to happen, I guess at the right moment. So, yeah. Had you ever worked with the director before Anthony DeLine court, which no, is very cool. No, name. I hadn't. I, yeah. no, 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 uh, no, he's a great guy. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's done a couple of these other things. I mean, he's just kind of a one man, uh, movie machine, you know, he does, he kind of does all of it. Um, and he, uh, he, he's got a great eye, you know, I mean, the, the stuff about, I mean, the, the, the movies he makes are very striking and they really create a sense of, uh, uh, of uh, not the time, but a, a sense of place and, um, and, and sort of almost dreamlike, a dreamlike state, you know, because it's, mm-hmm. it's very visual, it's very bright. Um, and you know, and, and the, the sequence of events is not always, you know, A, B, C, D, it's kind of back and forth and it, it really draws you in. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, when I introduced you, I mentioned Fright Night. It really is one of my, uh, my favorite movies of that time. And, um, did did you always know that it had like such a following, or was that something that you knew more when you started doing conventions and got on on the internet? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, we, when we did it, uh, it you know it was the the mid eighties, and I mean those you know teenage horror flicks were you know coming fast and furious, and and we thought we were making a fun little you know kind of a fun version of that. You know, it wasn't a slasher film or anything it was uh it was kind of an homage to the old stuff and but sort of updated and so we were enjoying it for what it was i think um and but none of us i don't think had any idea it was going to live on go on to be what it has become i mean with uh, 
streaming and video and all that stuff, it's it's really become a cult sort of favorite. And I don't think any of us were aware of that at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always think that it kind of predates uh, Scream, which people always talk about uh, Scream, you know, being the self the first like self-referential horror movie where they talk about like mm-hmm. the rules with it. But uh, Fright Night really did the same thing only with vampires. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was... Uh, it was a it was a, uh, a a reference to the genre and to the uh, you know the the love of it and the you know the lore of it um, and everything and it was you know what it sort of come Tom the director Tom Holland tells the story that he he did it because he loved those old Hammer movies and the vampire movies and all that stuff and it had sort of by the time we were making this the vampire thing it sort of you know it was out of fashion and it had become kind of jokey and you know and all that stuff and he wanted to write a new kind of uh, make a new kind of um uh version of that that would appeal to modern modern audiences you know he kind of wanted if you'll pardon the pun resurrect the Mm -hmm. the genre and and that was sort of his goal and i think he did you know I think it was great then when it came out, but now I mean you can watch it 30 years later and it's still just as just as good. I think I was going to say that not everything you can't go back to everything, but that's that's one you can, and I think I might enjoy it even more now than I did you know <laughs> in '85 or whatever it came out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies. You know, I mean, for me, the, a, a, a great movie is when you've seen it a dozen times and then when it comes on you still want to see it again you like, oh i want to see this scene i want to see this scene and before you know it you know you've watched the whole movie all over again it's, just, it's kind of so oh, perfectly God. tailored you know yeah oh that's so true uh, you yourself were you into those into like the old uh, horror movies oh yeah you know i mean i grew up in a small town and so and you know there wasn't um, we had one movie theater and limited television, but on Friday nights, you know, those, those shows would come on and, um, uh, you know, they would always put on a sort of pulpy horror movie or something like that. And, uh, um, <clears throat> I, 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 I did grow up, you know, watch, I, my dad had a little drugstore and so he had uh, creepy and eerie magazine and oh, rock uh, monster, Hollywood, movies, famous yeah. monsters. And, you know, and, and so I would always, go and devour those things and so i really love the genre and you know and then there was uh night gallery and all that stuff and mm. you know and, and the english horror movies from you know the 60s and 70s which i really enjoyed so yeah i was i was pretty well versed in it i guess <laughs> yeah yeah there's a a lot of questions here on our facebook i'm asked a few of them a lot of people asked about herman's head which i was a little surprised at but I guess there's a lot of Herman Herman Head fans out there. If you had a story from Herman's Head, uh, uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, it was a quirky, crazy. It was a weird time at Fox. You know, they were just trying anything that you know they were trying everything. They, every idea was uh, something that they would give a shot to, and this thing came along, and uh, and you know, it's a guy with talking people in his head. So how hard could it be, <laughs> right? And uh, yeah. So they, uh, you know, I think they put it on, you know, it was one of the things they made and it was really, really well received. And so they kept it on. We ran for three years and, uh, yeah, it was just, it was crazy. The, the, the response I get most from that is when people 
you know, come up and talk to me. They say, you know what? I feel like I have the same thing in my head, you know, and it's <laughs> like everybody's got their, you know, Jekyll and Hyde and five or six or other people in there too, you know, and it's, uh, so it obviously it tapped into something that was familiar and, and entertaining for people. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, didn't, did it come off on after Meredith children? Cause I know for, you know, for years they had all the different, there would be all different shows. Yeah. That would come right on. Yeah. Which is odd yeah, too. We were on, was, you were in we were on the Sunday nights on Fox, which was that block of, uh, Simpsons and Living Color and Married with Children and uh, and Herman's Head, and so we we were the the tail end of that. We were the uh, the nine thirty slot, I think, on 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 those Sunday nights, which was great. It was fantastic. Uh, but then they moved us our third year to Thursday nights against you know Frasier or something, and so that just sort of <laughs> yeah. snuffed it out pretty quickly, but. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, the first couple of years were, were great. It was fun to be in that lineup. Uh, Sam Haynes wants to know, uh, were you involved in the initial discussions of Fright Night 3? I was not. No, I was not. I was, um, I, I was, uh, kind of doing a lot of stage work in, in those days as well. And, and I had, uh, you know, I did the sequel to Mannequin. So I had, I had kind of a lot of other stuff going on. Um, so I was not involved at all. I, uh, I understand that there were some rumblings of it, you know, and, and, and some treatments and stuff, but I, it never got around to my, to my, uh, to my point of view or whatever my, my viewpoint, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, Brandon wants to know what was it like to work with the beautiful Julie Carmen in Fright Night 2? <laughs> Well, it's about it's what you would imagine working with a beautiful Julie Carmen. <laughs> it was uh, it was great. She was, you know, she's a, a beautiful, talented woman, obviously, but she's also very generous and fun and nice and and adventurous, you know, and totally into uh, the process of making the movie. And so it was great. We had a great time. We had a terrific connection, and uh, and I, I couldn't have been happier with a co-star. And I'm sure you've been asked this a lot, but Anthony Nato wants to know, uh, what was it like to work with the great late Roddy McDowell? Roddy was, uh, you know, he's, he's a legend, you know, and he's, he, he was a legend, especially for me growing up, because as I said, I had, you know, I'd seen the planet of the apes movies and, the, yeah. and, uh, night Owl, gallery and, and, you stuff. know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, uh, so, you know, it was like working with somebody who'd been, watching on the big screen for, you know, your, your whole life. Um, and he was great. He was, he was a really sweet, generous, funny, you know, I mean, he had, he had a really sort of acerbic kind of wit, but he was very generous and very giving and welcoming. And, uh, he was, he was a joy to work with. He really, really was. I miss him a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, when you were growing up watching those movies or any movie, really, uh, was there anything in particular that stuck out to you? That, like, this is the moment, like, I want to become an actor, like a, either a movie or an actor that you like? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, all those. I mean, the 70s was such a great time for, you know, cinema and stuff. I mean, everything you see, yeah. you know, uh, Godfather, Serpico, all those things as well. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I just... Um, I just loved 
the adventure and, you know, and, and, and stepping into the other world of it, you know, and it's kind of what I had done as a kid anyway, you know, just when you're playing pretend and, you know, and I had done plays and stuff growing up. So it just seemed like the only thing that I was, uh, that I seemed a little better at than the people around me, <laughs> you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a great athlete or, uh, you know, scholar or any of that stuff. It just kind of seemed like it was the thing that I connected to. And fortunately my, <clears throat> you know, my parents were very supportive of it. They, you know, they said, well, if, you know, uh, if you really feel like this is something you could do, you should give it a try. And so, um, so I did, I mean, I just always felt very, at home when I was on the stage or when I was involved in telling a story like that, it just kind of felt like my thing. And so I, I guess it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I really dug when we danced, the music dies. Uh, it's my kind of movie and uh, I hope people check it out. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's great. It's sure. a, it's a fun, interesting, weird movie. It's it. Yeah. I was, when I watched it, it reminded me, you know, there are, there are real kind of, kind of David Lynch qualities to it. And there's a little bit of the Kubrick influence. And, uh, you know, I mean, the fact that, that uh, Anthony could put all this together, you know, just sort of on his own is, is astonishing, but it's a, it's a weird, funky movie where, you know, nothing goes the way you think it's going to go. And, and, uh, and it was, it's interesting that way. So I hope it's entertaining. Yeah, I found it very entertaining. I like the openness of it all. Leaves a lot of things up to interpretation, which I like in right. a movie. So I, I I liked it a lot. And uh, do you are you working on anything else currently? Uh, I'm doing a play right now in New York City, um, and then I have uh, hopefully I'm still kind of waiting to hear on a couple of things at the beginning of next year. But um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna finish the play, and then I'm gonna take a little time off for the holidays and stuff, and then. Um, hopefully, you know, bigger and better things, uh, in 2020. <laughs> very good. Well, I appreciate you doing the show. It was very cool to talk to you. Yeah, it was great. Talking okay, cool. Well, thank you guys for having me so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for watching the yeah. film too. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Hope you, I really did like it and I hope people check it out. Yeah, I can't great. Wait to see thank it. you so much guys. Yep. Have a good night, man. All right. Thank you okay, so thanks. much. You too. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. I've heard stories about this place ever since I was a kid. The Hall family met a pretty gruesome end, didn't they? They sure did. As a matter of fact, it was on Halloween night. One of them went crazy and slaughtered the entire family, then committed suicide. They never figured out who did it. Bloody guy.
Hi, this is Barry Bostwick. Uh, I play Brad Majors in uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and you're listening to Without Your Head. And some people say that's how I got involved with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I didn't use my head. All right, we're back here once again at the station of decapitation. I say that every time, Without Your Head, and I'm still Nasty Neil. I guess I remain terrible, Troy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Piaf's come up lately again. People ask us uh, every once in a while. They're like, "What? What? What makes you so nasty?" And I don't have an answer for that, but it does sound good. I think it does. It does. You just um, maybe you're nasty by nature. All right, I was gonna be nifty, Neil, but I don't think that really has the same like uh, ring to it for a horror show. Yeah, Natalie clad, Neil. All right. I know this brought up before Sweet Neil. I don't really, I don't think that flows well. I see Native here on our collar shirt. Can you see him on, on the webcam there? I could be Native Neil. Native Neil. Whoa. How about Naive Neil? Naive Neil. That's probably, that's probably accurate. Just show up and be like a dumbass. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know. <laughs> Are you ribbing on the square, as the kids say? I don't think any kids say that one. <laughs> they might. You never know. They probably, probably did in 1958. <laughs> right. Yeah, I didn't say the kids of win. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. The kids that are now in their 70s. Exactly. Or maybe right. 80s. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Ribbing on the square. So it's, it's a good. It's a good term, though. I think it should come back. It is. It's kind of cool. I might. I might have to use that. Yeah. I'll hit the kindergarten kids with that. See if we can bring it back into like the just the cool kid terminology. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like we have. I'm not sure if you've ever spoken with him, Troy. I don't know. Stephen in Toronto. Scary Stevie in Toronto. Oh, that's a good one. Oh. No, yeah, Troy. Troy did a run in on one of my calls on In Your Head. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is my very first call into Without Your Head Horror Radio. Mark oh, it down nice. in, in the in the record books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm. Uh, I've got Netflix Canada, and um, I just wanted to call in and. I understand you've got you well you should have the American one, Neil, and uh I just wanted your opinion on some of the movies on here that I was thinking about watching. Mm-hmm. Um, one is like for example, the remake of I Spit on Your Grave. Um Re- Yeah, okay. What were you gonna say about it? Recently added, so they've just added it here in Canada. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a huge. I'm really not a huge fan of the original one either, to be honest. Um, a, lot, a lot of people do like it though, so I'd watch it and, and uh, judge for yourself. 
It's not. I'm not a big fan of the rape and revenge genre of films. Oh, I see. Yeah, but, I watched. Uh, I also think she's very small to be taken really seriously as someone who's just like killing everybody. Mm. But it has been a while since I've seen it. I, I, I will be honest here. Mm. But uh, it, it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. Do you, what you like? What you think? Okay. How about uh, they? And they've also added um, the feature film of it. Um, oh, I love it! Yeah, the that's original a really one, good one. The, the original the, or the new one? The, the new one. Oh yeah, I loved it. Yeah, the first half's great. Yes. Yeah, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of getting the TV the TV miniseries that they have that uh, at the local Walmart. Um, I love it. Too. Have, I think it holds yeah, up. I like both versions. It's a it's the different take on the same character, but I think they're both they're both done very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, how about this? Um, <laughs> I know the sequel is just coming out. I think it's going to be hitting theaters soon. But they have they have the original Zombie Land, the one with Woody Harrelson in it. Yeah, I mean, most people love it. Um, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of it, but it's funny. Uh, yeah, it's worth a watch. It's yeah, I would don't get your hopes up too too high. I don't think. Oh, okay. <laughs> but a lot of people really like it. So. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna. Um, uh, yeah, I did want to ask uh, Doctor William Ragsdale, but uh, uh, yeah, I guess I got my question in too late, but. Uh, I'm, yeah, I didn't see it. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. He uh, might be on again one time, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm hoping. He, well, I'm hoping that um, he comes up to Toronto because uh, I met. I finally met Chris Sarandon. Oh, after. nice. He made a couple of appearances here in Toronto, and I always missed him. But uh, the last time he was here, um, I, I finally got to. I finally uh, got up and talked to him, and got him. Got got to talk to him for a while, so super cool, oh, cool. guy. I like him a ton. Oh, he was really nice. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. I've uh, I did a panel with with the uh, the whole cast, and um, now I think we've had every cast, every major cast member on the show, except for obviously Roddy McDowell. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Like, there's a few that we can kind of scratch off that we've done uh, interviews, I think, with, like, the whole cast of certain movies. Yeah, like, uh, pretty much pretty much the whole cast of, like, um, like Devil's Rejects. Yep. Uh, I mean, we might be missing... I mean, the, like, the major people, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know... Trying to think, I don't know what else w- w- would. No, uh, uh, oh, you know what? Uh, the Greasy Strangler, probably. Oh yeah, yep. And maybe the Human Centipede films. I think so. So a few of them. Yeah. I think one of those is also on here. Now you were a really big proponent of the first one. I, don't I think the first one's the best. I, I, like I, the other like, ones. I like the second one as well, but I do not. I think the third one is arguably one of the worst films ever made. 
Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I really can't. It's, uh, the the first one's just really, really great because I went into a drag on my feet, too, and I, I was like, why would I want to watch this movie? And then I watched it, and I really, really enjoyed it. And yes. the second one's great because it's really kind of gross and in your face, but it's definitely worth watching, too. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it's entirely first... different than the first one. Yeah, the first movie is not graphic. I think a lot of people think it's going to be, and the people who do find it like sick, it's a, a lot of it is left up to your imagine, imagination. And the gist of the movie really is like an old school mad scientist film. I think mm. it's a lot different than what people think the movie is. And then the second one is like kind of what you expected from the first one. It's really pretty gross and vile and in your face, but there's yeah. something to be said for it, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the third one's just for no one. Stay away <laughs> from the third one. Yeah, I, yeah. Do, I do wonder about uh, someone's sanity if they tell me they're a big fan of the third one. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. We tend to avoid those people when we get. Yeah, yeah. No offense to anybody out there who's a huge fan of the movie. Yeah, if there is anyone. Yeah, I believe there are. I believe there are. There's something for everyone, I guess. I guess. It was recently on a list of the and it was number one, the worst movie of of uh the century. Oh uh, really? So far. Yeah. Yeah, that that's kinda hard to argue. The there was there was one movie on the list I did I do like and I genuinely like. There's there's a couple on there that like I enjoy on some level, but I will admit they're very bad. Like Freddy Got Fingered okay. is, is a very bad movie, so I'm no problem with that being there. But I like the idea of it, not really the, the actual movie. Which, uh, but anyway, uh, that's a whole other uh, thing to talk about. But they did have Kung Pao on there, and I will stand behind Kung Pao. I think Kung Pao is a very funny movie. Yeah, can't imagine. I can't really see that one being on like a list of. Because that one's a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, I think it's a well-made, fun movie. Yep. And by the way, I'm agreeing. I, I've been on the fence lately with Mr. Mitten out there, my man Mitten, the headless critic. Now, I love Jason. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been disagreeing with some of these uh, reviews. Like, I don't know about you, my, my friend. But we're in total agreement on Joker. Five out of five. I saw that on his, on his thing. Fantastic, though. Most people that I've I've heard that didn't like the Joker um haven't even seen the Joker. Right. There they are, just there don't want to go see it for whatever reason and those people I really can't take too seriously. It's like how can you not like it if you haven't seen it? Yeah. There there is a tendency to want to rage against this film. For various reasons. You think it's dangerous, you think there's lots of lots of things. People like, oh, you know, you can't like this movie before they even see it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you watch it and you think that, I mean, oh yeah, absolutely, I got no problem with any movie that you know somebody watched and didn't like. Right, right. <laughs> I, I absolutely loved it, so I, I hope you get to see it, Troy. I'm, I'm sure you will at some point. But. Yeah, but I like to see it in the theater because I yeah, it's definitely a movie. It's always more fun to see anything in the theater. All right. All right. So what else is going on there, Mr. Butler? So I noticed that the entire um, 
uh, Resident Evil series is they have all all of the movies on here. Um, yeah, those I cannot get behind. I've I to be fair, I've only seen one. Oh, you've only seen enough, the first one. It was, it was enough for me to never want to see another. One. But <laughs> I've caught bits and pieces on like sci-fi when they've been on, and like they all look like the same movie, kind of dragged into one. I think that was that was the movie where they well at least where where they blew up City Hall here in Toronto. Well, they used City Hall as one of the locations that then blew it up. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah. So I forget which one it is, but you'd have to do some research on uh, to find out which movie it was. But I watched it when it was on TV and thought, "Yep, that's um, that's City Hall in Toronto." <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's good. Wow, wow! Did they really blow it up? <laughs> no, no, it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> no, they used it as the location for one of the, I guess, like the evil, the, the evil corporation's headquarters or something. And then at the end of it, yeah, just they used, they just blew it up. And I thought that was so cool because I've been to City Hall so many times. Um, but no, I just wanted. So there was just, kind of a good feeling about that. Like that's kind of neat. Well, no. Actually, the mayor, the mayor who, the mayor who's uh, running Toronto was actually, uh, I actually like him. So, oh, okay, yeah. Um, no, I just wanted, I just wanted your opinion on, uh, on no, some uh, movies, yeah. on some movies that are playing here, because that's what I like to do when, because I'm, I really can't get out. It's I, I got Netflix, and I know I was spending too much money on DVDs and Blu-rays, and Netflix is a lot cheaper, and so I just. I'm, yeah, I, we live in a new world where you can you can get um, you know you don't need cable and you can you can find plenty you know even if you got a couple of these and you're you spend maybe twenty dollars you get like two or three of these you know streaming networks and you can you have even if you just get one you have plenty of stuff to watch and I also recommend getting Tubi T U B I it's a free streaming uh, site that has tons of movies and TV shows lots of good stuff. Tubi, T. Okay, yeah. Actually, I think I saw that on on when I was doing a Google search. Um, yeah, I highly don't recommend have to pay. really good stuff. So you don't. No, it's have completely to pay. free. Completely oh, okay. free. It has a it has like a few ads during the stuff you watch, but not not as much as if you're watching regular television. And another good thing about it, from understand, they pay the independent artists a lot, uh, very well. Um, so because I know a lot of um, you know indie filmmakers who are happy to get their movies on Tubi, so. Uh, that's another plus for them. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, and tons, yeah, the, there's a lot of freebie ones like that that kind of blew my mind because what once we got the uh, the Roku, and I started looking into all the free ones. It, it, there's quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, I'll definitely get look at look at look into that. Yeah, because yeah. I can't remember if there's anything new out on. Um, on Netflix, you know, this month. Um, if you're a fan of Breaking Bad, I know the Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah, I watched that. I was a big fan. I really liked it a lot. So some people um, said they didn't. They thought it'd be a little better. I, I thought it was great. It's a, uh, it's a little slow paced. That doesn't bother me. I mean, really, Breaking the show Bad. was a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, there, there are episodes that are crazy, but yeah, and great. Just like Breaking Bad, great you know callbacks and tie-ins to, to previous seasons of the of the show. 
I don't think any series has ever done it better than that show. I agree. Because when you get, like, you know, just the flow of of the original series and then everything that happens in uh, Better Call Saul is just it's awesome it's flawless like just the flow mm-hmm. of it and just the character development in that show yeah i loved it so My i highly recommend favorite. that yeah any fan of uh, i don't think you'd probably enjoy it if you've never watched breaking bad because you probably wouldn't get a lot of stuff yeah. but uh el camino to breaking bad fans out there highly recommended and i uh, as far as i know it's robert forster's last role because he just passed away but uh he's great in it great does oh, yeah. there's another one Mm-hmm. The, yeah, there's another guy I met while, when I was doing the when I was doing the acting as I I, I actually when I I had lunch with Robert Forster. Oh really? Cool. Yes. Yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> See, he was in. He came up to Toronto to do an episode of a television series, and um, I was there. And um, during the lunch break, and I got my lunch, and I'm walking around and had all these tables were all filled up. And couldn't sit anywhere so finally i'm looking around and finally i see an empty spot right over there as quickly as i could get sit and i ask you know can i sit here and he said fine sat down finally you know put my table down look straight ahead and the person sitting directly across from me was robert forster <laughs> oh so it wasn't <laughs> something you did intentionally it just kind of happened it just kind of happened because there's no there was nowhere else to sit uh-huh. and so i i had lunch with robert forster and Basically, he he mostly asked me about me. I mean, I, I so you know, I was just I couldn't believe it. You know, here's the guy from Jackie Brown sitting across from me, and I was and so That's I was totally so glad. Badass. That's I, great. I was so glad that yeah, he would ask me about my about me, and and mm-hmm. kind of like broke the ice, and we had lunch for half an hour before he had to get back and uh, get you know because he had to kind of resume filming. So. But that was my that was the only Academy Award nominee that I've ever had lunch with was Robert <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is. That's, that's awesome. wild. Yet. You should add yet, because you yet. never know. You yeah, never know. So far. Right. You might have lunch with me someday. <laughs> yep. Well, if you ever come here come up to Toronto again, Jack, and uh, let me know. Yeah. Uh, well, I well, I, I nothing against my man Mitten, but uh but he was the one driving, and, and he wanted to leave abruptly. So, oh, I see. Let's get out of here. Well, He's kind of a snob when it comes to hotels, and we were not staying in the nicest hotel. No. I was well, going to say, he, it might be a little cold for him there, too. True. And it was, it was and everything was, it was right when, uh, right after the, the pot was legalized, and everyone, every place did just really reek of, uh, of the pot. I've kind of noticed that when I'm walking down Young Street too, um, mm-hmm. the main the main street in Toronto is, you you, you take a big sniff and that oh yeah that's marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I'm not against uh, against it, but I don't like the smell of it. It mm. smells like bo to me. Mm. Well, so if you're ever well, we do have we, and if you're so you said you're doing conventions again. So our mm. biggest one is in, in August. If you ever want to come up here. Um. Again, yeah, yeah. Be cool. August would be nice then, Neil, because it yeah, be, it's cold. warm. Exactly. Yeah, it's called Fan Expo Canada. It's like four conventions in one, and mm. they do have they they have um like we had like John Travolta come up doing he was re- promoting his most recent film. Oh really? Uh, yeah, the fan or whatever it was, or the fanatic. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, which uh, he's wearing a shirt I wear. <laughs> yeah, which kind of blew my mind. 
I, I yeah. want to see this movie. I have to see it at some point. Mm-hmm. And he's so. got like the worst haircut in that movie too. Yeah, he does not. He did not steal my haircut anyway. No, no. John yeah, he wanted to shave my head, John Dugan, but I wasn't. <laughs> with that. I know it's thin on the top, pretty bald, getting bald here, but I don't think I don't think I'm going to shave the head. I don't gonna know. Do the, yeah, I don't know. The Joe bot. I don't think so. I don't think it's fitting to me. No, it'd be weird. All right. Anything else, Steven? It's good to hear from you. I'm glad you called in. Okay. No, no, that's all. I thank you for your uh, input. And um, um, I'm glad so you got to talk to Troy. He's not quite as scary when you get to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not nearly as terrible at that point in time. Right, right. That's yeah. That that's something. People, people. Hey, you're not nasty. No one ever says you're not terrible. Yeah, well, they just assume they see that photo of me and they're like, holy shit, he looks pretty terrible. Yeah. And I think you're less terrible than I am, less nasty, or however, however the hell that works. Yeah, well, but... you hide it well, though. Maybe you mm. are truly nasty, but, like, you conceal it well. Maybe. Maybe. Where, man, maybe I'm not quite as terrible, like, as... Yeah, like... I don't think you, well, you, you never uh, come off terrible. No, that's true. I think nasty has a worse, like, feeling to it. <laughs> Does it? Like, like you're like like just either like you're dirty and like you're nasty. like dripping or something like dripping you know ooze or or you're like nasty <laughs> and like you're like groping people and just like blah, 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 blah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but Janet Jackson, like you know, she's Miss Jackson if you're nasty. Nasty <laughs> boys don't mean a thing. How about I could do a cover of it? Nasty Neil. Nasty Neil. Yeah, try nasty that. Nasty Neil don't mean a thing. <laughs> We'll have to change that line. Cause, oh, I'm Nasty Neil. Well, Nasty Neil. I remember uh, years ago, you remember this person, Paul Wilson. Wilt, we called him. Yes. And oddly enough, uh, a story about the last movie we watched, we talked about Fright Night. We went to see Fright Night. And, uh, and he was not allowed to see Fright Night because it was R-rated. And so I had to tell him the whole story of another movie on the way home. <laughs> and I used to always tell the story that it was the Dark Crystal, but it's not the Dark Crystal because I found out that was a different. Wasn't different it the Black Cauldron? Year. It was the Black Cauldron, right, right? Which is a movie that I feel has been forgotten in time. Like, who ever talked? Does anyone ever talk about the Black Cauldron? No, because that was when Disney was making really bad movies, and it's not a very good movie either. Mm-hmm. Is that it? It's not good. That's yeah, not. It's not good. All right. What the hell? I don't know. I. I how about the Did black. Did you ever hole? see it? I, yeah, I, it's, when I was it's like, better Man. than the black hole. <laughs> but it's it's because the black hole was a movie that not only almost bankrupted uh, Disney, but it cost Mego like their pretty much their whole yeah. industry because Mego toys who made my favorite action figures growing up they had a choice between star wars and the black hole and they chose uh they're like we're we're rolling with disney we're going with the black hole and i think 10 people bought those toys and a few more than 10 bought the star wars toys yeah, and now Migos come back. Like, there's limited edition Migo figures at, at, yeah. the, at the Target. 
But think about it, though. If they would have chosen uh, Star Wars, they probably would have been a huge juggernaut for decades. Mm-hmm. I thought that Steve had turned to a werewolf for a second. I looked over and there was like a beast. <laughs> <laughs> No, somebody else wants to make the oh, without the head debut. Very cute, very cute, Stephen. Here's the dog, a little puppy. Well, he's not oh, a puppy, but nice. he's a very cute dog. Uh, What's he's the about name? Three years old, and that's Lulu. Lulu, very cute, Stephen. Okay, guys, have a good night. You as well. Thanks. It was nice to hear from you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're a good man, no matter what Troy tells me about you. <laughs> now, he was scary, Stephen, or shocking, Stephen. I think he's he's scared off, Steve. Oh, scared yeah. off, Steve. I just noticed I do not have the. Um, so you're gonna say you weren't wearing any pants? No, and now that now that I'm a, a small now I'm, I look like a wee folk. <laughs> the picture I saw. I was like, what the hell? My like, brother the gnome. Yeah, I'm like a little, I gotta little get you a pointy man. gnome hat now. Man, that'd be kind of cool, cool, I think. I was I was debating if I should. Well, before I tell the story, what happened was I did not have the the laptop plugged in, so I just plugged it in, or else the show would have been kaput here pretty soon because it's about out of power. But what the hell was I going to talk about? So I was debating whether to tell the story on the show, but I think it's funny. Right, that picture where I look like a small man. Uh, the man in the picture is a fan of the show. Very cool. I forget your name. I'm very sorry. I'm bad with names. but And so it was right after I interviewed uh, Bill Mosley. He came up. And he's like, hey, can I get a picture with you? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so then he gives the camera to Bill Mosley. And he's like, Bill, will you take our picture? And I felt both. I thought it was both hilarious. And I also felt like, uh-oh. But Bill was a good guy and took the picture. But it was That's good. I wish you want to... Somebody has to be a good sport on something like that. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wish you would ask John Dugan because I think John would have found it very funny and probably would have oh, yeah, talked would have about it. it. Yeah. That would have been a tale for years to come. And a shout out to Silas Sam Hain here. Uh, he's sending me, uh, a, he's like, I think you would like this for Christmas. And it's it's a jacuzzi, a uh, jacuzzi. It's a, a jacuzzi for your testicles. Nice. The test right, when you that I was thinking Yakuza, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, I know, like some kind of mob thing." He's talking was, about. Yeah, I must have mob, but yeah. So it's like a little, it's a little thing you just dunk your balls in, and it bubbles, and wow, seems like so, a lot of work to put your balls in. So, like, it's a little tea bagger thing. Yeah, it seems. I don't know how you use it. Like, it doesn't look very practical the more I look at it, because like you can't just sit on it. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. I don't know. Like, it should be something you could just sit in. I like the idea, though. But it's not? No, because I, I don't think... I think you kind of have to, like, squat over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's made for, like, an older gentleman than you. So well, like, That's true. If your beanbag's hanging kind of low, maybe you can right. just dunk it in there. Right. Yeah. Well, according to science, you gain an inch of penis length for every 30 to 35 pounds you lose. Right. Remember, I had told you that. Yeah, yeah. And so I looked Donnie it up to make sure. Stones. Right, because it's not that I don't believe in your scientific knowledge of penis length. Right, right. I understand. But I just want to double check. And so for people out there wondering about Nasty Neal, I've lost 130 pounds. So you do the math. <laughs> <laughs> They also say it helps the girth if you lower your cholesterol. 
Wow. Is there any truth to that? Uh, my cholesterol's a lot lower. So it's right. in the normal range. You know? But I mean, like, did mm. you have you noticed anything? Uh for girth, the length definitely is noticeable. The girth, I mean, I've always been a stocky guy. <laughs> but I think the longer something is, you tend to notice less how thick it is, if that makes You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. in comparison, it's it's probably the same, or maybe it's uh, not, but because of the length is long. Right, right. Which I'm sure half the audience is riveted and the other half of the audience it's horrified. Well, with, see, maybe this with. is why you've become. Maybe this is why you're nasty, Neil. It could be. It could be. <laughs> this will be. I'm just gonna do a whole podcast about this one of these days. But <laughs> I kind of dig it. Yeah, yeah. I did notice. I mean, when this came up the first time, I did notice because I went to use the restroom and and things hit the water, which I'd Whoa. never experienced before. And, and it's that not was a in like the experience. bathroom of the kindergarten, and so that's pretty <laughs> <I know>. impressive. <laughs> it's a bathroom at, at the mall. Oh, <laughs> right. It's not a pleasant experience, especially it's like a public restroom. You don't really want to be like, <laughs> dunking, your, like dunking your dong in the public restroom water. Well, now you have your own little. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh my God! I was going to say a bocce. <laughs> Which is just, even worse than uh, <laughs> the Yakuza on your <laughs> personal penis hibachi. <laughs> <laughs> but your little bathtub for uh, <laughs> for your bean bag. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the hell were we talking about? Hell, I know. I'm, oh. I'm, I really don't know. <laughs> We've lost track of everything. We've gone off the rails now. Yeah. Apparently, they're, they're, they're talking about making a Maniac Cop TV show. Oh, wow. So I say, hell yeah, let's see it. Do it. Do it to it. Yeah. I like it. The hell. Yep. That sounds like fun to me. Yeah. Movie's crazy. Yep. TV show probably would be too, then, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I like those movies better. I I was never really a Maniac Cop guy, but then I watched them again recently. Um, you know they are fun. And like, you know, watch something with, you know, slightly older eyes and say, you know, these are better than I remember. Yeah, especially the second one. The second one is, is like the, that's the star of the Maniac Cop franchise is Maniac is Cop 2. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll have to go back and rewatch it then. Yeah, it's good. It's really crazy. There's amazing man on fire scenes, like Ooh. very long. And this is back in the day when they really were guys on fire. Yep. You know, it wasn't CGI. And also really wild car stuff. It's a lot better movie than I expect. I mean, it's cr- crazy, but it's also well made. Okay. I'll be, I'm down with that. I'll have to I'll have to find it. I wonder if it's on like Amazon or anything. It was. I don't know if it is anymore though. Okay. I'll give it a look-see. Yeah. Do it up. Do it up, boy. So they want to remake The Warriors, I'm seeing? Really? Does that, does that need me remade? No, not at all. I don't... I can't imagine it would be better. And nowadays where there's... And I hate to be the old guy yelling about CG and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if they started doing that with that to make, like, millions of gang members <laughs> and... Uh-huh. You know, it'd probably be kind of lame. Yeah. 
I agree. You know, it might be a little dated now, like if you watch it, but I still think I still think it's a lot of fun and stuff. So oh yeah, I, don't think no, you need I like to remake it. that. It's a weird. And you can't it's get that a... little sleazy guy now. I uh, know you can't get warriors <laughs> come out to play. Right. The last thing I saw him in, he looked like he was a thousand years old. Yes, yes, I, I, and I still love that guy. He's he's mm-hmm. like the greatest. Like there is no sleazy guy that like is as cool as that guy. No, no, he's great. But yeah, he's enough. If you don't know, he's in the the new um, Twin Peaks. Oh no, kidding! Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he's that. The, he's on the old show too. Oh, okay. Because uh, the most recent thing I saw him in, he was uh, he played an old pedophile in. Uh, in one of the Law and Orders, and he was just awesome. He was so good in it. Damn. Because he had like a little uh, like breathing tank thing that he'd carry around with him, and mm-hmm. they'd be threatening him, and he's like, "What are you gonna do to me?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it was it was pretty awesome. He played a great sleazy guy, as he always does. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. Yeah, I was like that guy. He doesn't. It doesn't seem like he does enough stuff anymore. No. Nope. Yeah, for a while there, you'd see him a lot, you know, in like uh, in a couple of Schwarzenegger flicks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Wonder what he did for all these times. I don't know. Maybe he was well, unrecognizable. Could have been. Yeah, that could be it too. Or he uh, he might have been doing like you know uh, plays or something. Yeah. True. Very true. So yeah, that guy's cool. I don't even know his name. He probably doesn't. I don't. I don't think he even needs a name. He's just that guy. Yep, that guy. I don't know who the hell just this is. Just a clink in the bottles Paul, together, guy. Exactly. Paul Dano. Paul Dano. He's gonna oh, play man. the Riddler in the new Batman. Huh. I don't know who this guy is. Do you know anything else he's been in? I'm looking him up. I don't know him by name. He's like I kind of know him by the face, but I, I can't really picture him. Hmm. He was in Little Miss Sunshine, which I like that movie. But I don't know what the hell he's in. That he's in There Will Be Blood. He's in a lot of big oh. stuff. Twelve Years a Slave. Wow. No, I can't. I don't. I don't know who he is. Oh, he was in Swiss Army Man. I hate that movie. I wanted <laughs> to like that movie. Um, did I did I hear something about like Rogan being in like the new Batman too? Or was really? that just a rumor? Yeah. Huh. I I don't know. The thing is, they put this stuff out all the time. It's like, you know, so and so says he would be in the Batman. It's like, well, who who's gonna say no? I won't be in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that that's my new thing that I really dislike because I see it, and maybe I belong to too many like fans of like Marvel or whatever. Yeah. But I, I constantly see these things like you know villains announced for. The new Doctor Strange movie, and then I, I look at it, and it's like, well, these people who make as much sense as I would think mm-hmm. that these are going to be the vil- well. I don't care what anybody thinks. Like, if it's not coming from the studio itself, then yeah. I could sit around and say, hey, uh, this guy is going to be, you know, the Dread Dormammu. Like, uh, doesn't mean it's going to be true. Yeah, they do an interview with an actor, and like they'll ask him, "Hey, will you play, you know, uh, the Joker?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, that'd be cool." And it's like, <laughs> yeah. "This is news, you know." 
you know, whoever, some actor says that he would be willing to play, you know, the Joker and the new bet. It's like, well, no shit. <laughs> yep. But they, they don't on the clickbaity type things. They don't tell you like this guy would. It's like, oh, so and so, you know, is going to be the new Joker. And really? Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that happens all the time, and then you click on, then it's just like, oh, well, some guy, some guy on Reddit asked him if he would, and he's like, yep, <laughs> yep. I, I think the most recent one is like, I saw a thing that like Hemsworth and uh, and like the the three main Avengers. So it was like him and Downey and uh, oh, and a guy who plays Captain America. That they are making a a sequel or no, a, a, a remake of uh, the three amigos. And then, you know, you look at it and it's like, yeah, Hemsworth said, yeah, that would be neat when somebody asked him about it. And it's <laughs> like, okay, so that's the basis that they're going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. The only one I saw where there was a news that someone actually did turn down something was Jonah Hill turned down the penguin. Oh, really? That's, yeah. that's kind of unfortunate because that might have been really neat. Yeah, there you go. That would have been pretty awesome. But I don't know what his reason was or anything. Yeah. I mean, or I I know, it might have been like a DeVito script that they gave him. He's like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm a, I'm a fan of Jonah Hill as a comedian as a, and as an actor. I understand he's not really a good guy, but but I like him as, a, as an actor. Good guy, schmud guy. Yeah, it don't matter to me unless I'm hanging out with him. <laughs> yep, exactly. Then, then, you know, it's like, fuck this dude. <laughs> yep. Or you might be like, wow, I kind of like this guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, Joe Bob Briggs, Halloween Hootenanny's coming up. Nice. What What's he got going on for that? It's a Halloween triple feature. Ooh. I'm I don't intrigued. think they now... Yeah, I don't think they've been. They know. I like that they don't announce the movies beforehand. That's part of the fun. I think so too. I agree with that. Yeah. So I don't know what you'd maybe. It'd be. I was gonna say first show the first three Halloweens, but then the third one has nothing to do with it. But that would <laughs> be. That's fun. okay too. Yeah. He'd probably yeah. have fun with that. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? There's so many things out there Halloween related. Oh yeah. We'll find out. So, uh, anything else out there, Mr. Jones? Um, hmm. I, um, I've been keeping up with the, uh, with the American Horror Story. Oh, really? So, yep. what do you think? Are you yep. loving it? I see I, I'm liking mixed it. Bag. I do. Yeah, okay. I, I do like it. I, I am enjoying it. They're going a little bit. Everybody has a secret. And mm-hmm. that might, they might overdo that. But right now, I'm digging it. It's always subject to change for that show, though. Because mm-hmm. right now, like, I think five of the eight characters involved all have, like, secrets and, you know, twists and things. Mm-hmm. And that might get that might get old. It might, like, you know, be like, okay, this is enough of that. But right now, I'm still enjoying it. All right. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to uh, go out of my way here and watch. I did try to watch uh, in the in the tall grass on Netflix. Oh, how was it? I didn't did like it at all. I didn't oh, really? finish it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go oh. back and finish it, but I was not enjoying it. Oh, that's it felt very. 
And it felt very boring, and I got it was very tedious. Those people running around in the in grass. Oh, really? Because mm-hmm. from from the trailer, I thought it had kind of that like um, uh, Children of the Corn kind of vibe. But maybe you know, maybe it's not like that at all. Yeah, it didn't seem like it. I don't know. Like I get, I get what you're saying because I kind of felt that the the setup was like that. But uh-huh. I, maybe I should give it a give it a shot. Give we'll watch the rest of it. How how long is it? Is it like a two hour flight? Yeah, it's like an hour and a half, I think. Oh, okay. All right, I'll have to I'll have to give it a look see too then. But yeah, that's not good. It seemed like the kind of thing like you'd just be kind of into right away. Yeah, I wasn't into it, but I feel like I should at least finish it because I probably watched twenty minutes of it. I, might as well, I mean, it's only an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I was not I was not into it though at that the it just was kind of boring, huh? Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I love the the new season of Peaky Blinders, not horror, but I thought it was amazing. Oh, Although it's it so good. Huge cliffhanger at the end. I know that was the only thing that I found a little bit annoying, but like yeah. it was so good that I forgive mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it is such a good show. So uh, next week here on the show, we are going to have Nikki Lederman who's the head of makeup head of makeup on Joker. Oh, nice. Oh, that'll which be was awesome. set up by the by Creepy Craig himself. Big thanks to uh Oh, sweet. Craig, Craig for setting that up. That's going to be awesome. Uh she's worked on, you know, all kinds of stuff, but uh yeah, the head of makeup on on Joker. I mean, that's huge. Ooh. Yep. So I'll definitely make a point to see the movie before next week then. Yes. Do it up. Do it up. Let's see what else she's worked on. Uh, the Greatest Showman, Sex in the City, The Devil Wears Prada, uh, The Irishman. Oh, man, The, the Irishman. That nice. gets me excited. Uh, and The Irishman. She's worked with uh, Martin Scorsese and That's De Niro. God, we can just talk about and that Pesci. Joker. Pesci, yeah, exactly. Wow, that's pretty, pretty amazing. Damn, Academy Awards, Boardwalk Empire, Ooh. Uh, Law and Order, Trial by Jury. Holy shit. Is there anything she hasn't worked on? No. The Eternal Sunshine Spotless Mind. Oh, wow. That's a cool movie, too. I like it. Is it is a cool movie, yeah. I'd like to watch that again now that I mentioned it. Damn, just like tons and tons of movies. A lot of these, you know, some huge movies, some movies I'm not sure about, but lots and lots of movies. Lots of Law and Orders. Nice. So that'll be cool. There are lots of Law and Orders. That's one thing. They just, and I I really do dig those shows, so I can't really complain. Mm -hmm. Maybe even more because the, oh yeah, no Joker's listed here. Sorry, I thought it wasn't listed, but I see it here. Yes, and a lot of cool pictures on IMDb of, of working on uh, the Joker makeup. Oh, sweet. And I thought the Joker makeup was great because it looked good, but it wasn't overdone. Right. Or I think that last guy had too much stuff. It just became kind of silly. Yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, when you start, like, you know, losing the character in, like, just all the goofy shit. Yeah. That's never good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, she'll be on next week. Uh, we got other people coming up. I know uh, Bob Elmore is going to be returning to the show. Nice. Love some Bob. Always yeah, good be great. days when he comes in. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people are in the work. So keep on checking out without your heads. 
You never fail us, boss. You nasty Neil, you always bring the good guests. Yeah. Oh, by the way, coming up too, I'll try to this up um, soon as uh, I mentioned earlier, our interview with Ken Free, and that'll oh, be nice. on the podcast because it was an audio interview. It'll be a, the audio might be sound a little different because it was filmed in his hotel room. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, audio interview of Ken Free. Oh, uh, fantastic. Probably a lot of stuff uh, you don't know about Ken Free because we talked about a lot of different stuff. Oh, good. Oh, I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah. He's one of those guys, like every now and then you'll see something like, oh my God, I forgot he was in it or I didn't know he was in it. Yeah. Like he was in that, um, oh, the other Lovecraft one, um, not not the reanimator, but the From Beyond. Is that what it was oh, called? Oh, really? Was he yeah. In that? I didn't know that. Yep. And I, I, until I rewatched it, you know, fairly recently, and I still don't love it, but I, I did rewatch it. Yeah. Yeah, we t- I talked about uh, Leatherface, you know, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part mm-hmm. 3, and uh, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. One thing I did forget to ask about until I saw it, he actually had the print of it on his uh, table, and that was, oh man, I forget the name of it. It's like uh, Black Santa, it's Black Santa's Revenge. Oh, really? I, oh, I've man. never even heard of that. Oh, man, it's just a fake trailer, but it's awesome. Oh, okay. I, I still think one of my, my all-time favorite is just a little bit part, but in the uh, in the Rob Zombie Halloween when he's Joe Grizzly coming into town. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. He's just yeah. so great at that. Mm-hmm. All right. So we will be back next week. Excellent. Check out all the year, all the podcasts. Subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on the Twitter. Uh, join us on the Facebook group and follow us on Instagram. Just search without your head and follow all of it. Yes, and and look look for um when uh, the without your head Halloween and yes. costume contests. Yeah, because the prizes are always great in that, and I always always look forward to seeing everybody's just awesome stuff. I really do. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. That'll be up this weekend. I'm going to go to the movies tomorrow, So, uh, but uh, it'll be up uh, Saturday, probably Saturday. Sweet. Very cool. All right, till next week, this is Esty Neal. This terrible Troy. And this is without your head. Ha, 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 ha,